Hello, folks. Welcome to Courts of Wellness. I'm your host, Brandon St. Croix, former athlete and current social worker. Courts of Wellness aims to bring awareness of mental health in the sport community, provide athletes with a voice, and promote social change. In episode one of Courts of Wellness, we sit down with Jesse Walsh, former track and field athlete and current gymnastics coach. We will be talking about his own mental health experiences in his sport career, injuries and how that can impact athletes' mental health, the gaps in the systems, and how he uses his own experience in coaching athletes today. Some of the topics we may be talking about could be triggering to individuals. Please be mindful of these topics. Thank you. Hello, folks. We're here on this episode of Courtside Wellness with Jesse Walsh, former track and field athlete and current gymnastics coach. Thank you, Jesse, for joining us. Yeah, there's no problem. So this is uh, the first guest appearance we've had on Courtside Wellness. And I want to thank you for joining us, like I said, but it's also a really cool experience. Uh, you're a former teammate of mine there over the years from basketball and the track. So uh, like I said, I'll just throw it over to yourself. So give us a bit of an introduction of who you are and what brings us here today. Yes, thank you. Um, I'm Jesse Welch. Uh, as Brandon mentioned, we've been... Uh, teammates before we started basketball together we did a bit of track and field throughout uh, high school on myself moved on to do uh, track and field to a national competition level in regards to that and yeah that's basically it and jesse you competed your your main events for the 100 meter and 200 meter and like i said like i said you, you competed at the national level in your sport and like i said broke records in the province of newfoundland labrador uh, in terms of, like I said, can you tell us kind of, you know, how you found track and, or how track found you in, I guess, a lot of ways, too? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, so I think, believe it was a pair of parents that did track and field way back when they were in high school. Uh, their son started up at mobile with us, and uh, they wanted to start a track team to get back into it kind of thing. And after, I think, the first or second high school competition, I was approached by one of the other, uh, one of the actual track coaches or whatever and they said they wouldn't mind taking me on to coach me for a bit of running and I was like why not it's extra sport it's a bit of fun right and uh I basically got hooked after that it only took about a month or so and I was being told I could make it to this trip make it to this venue go to here go to this trip and I was like deadly <laughs> and that's the thing you traveled high in your sport like I said to the Canada Games level uh, running for the 100 and 200 meter uh, sprinting levels. At what point did the sport turn from, like I said, being something fun to you know a serious competition for yourself? Um, I don't think it ever not or ever wasn't fun for me. Like probably in the September time, we had to do a little bit of endurance running. That was probably the roughest part for me, but that was still fun in games. And um, I think I really started like mentally taking it seriously in terms of like, oh, I'm not doing this and not doing that. When, uh, when I probably got the grade like 10 or 11 when my first Canada Games happened back in 09, I realized I actually have some potential to do something. And that's when things started to really kind of click for yourself in terms of like, say, you know, attending these events. And I guess the, the training get stepped up in those areas too, around 2009, 2010 for yourself, would it? Yes. Yes, yeah, so up until that point, I was just doing the, like, bare minimum, I shouldn't say bare minimum, I was doing, like, a more realistic schedule for my age and myself, 
in my location at that time. I was just running three times a week and I get my own personal like little physical uh, conditioning here and there. And then after the 09 games, I started training six days a week, three days of cardio, three days in the gym and just going at it. And in terms of the uh, mental health side of it, was that ever a conversation, you know, as the physical uh, coaching increased? No, it was never really brought up in regards to myself or any of the other guys that I trained with, really. It was not something we really discussed as, like, teammates and whatnot. Like, I'm sure there was there was definitely comforting done for the girls because you can notice that when they got to competitions or something was going down at practice, certain coaches would go over and talk to their friends or go over and talk to them, comfort them. But it was never really anything like, uh, oh, how is your how are you, how are you doing mentally kind of thing. So more kind of informal or kind of one-on-one, it was never, okay, we're going to learn how to cope together or we're going to learn these skills in terms of handling the pressures. Because I can imagine the pressures running at the national level. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. There was none of that that I fully experienced, like keeping a mental journal or keeping track of how you feel day-to-day in terms of mental, what day is a rough day, in regards to like that kind of thing. There was definitely more focus on... Um, like the mental training that we did was more so to get you in the zone, to get you competition ready to handle that pressure, but not to worry about your stress now or anything like that. So more self-focused around performance over our well-being. Yeah, hundred percent. And in terms of you know coping with that, le- you know the level of stress in terms of competitions and kind of seeing the numbers and comparisons in terms of other runners, how did you cope with all those pressures? Uh, personally, I was fine with it. I love competition. I never had a problem, like, at a competition mentally. I've had a couple now because, you know, I've had injuries at competitions, and that was about the roughest part. But all you can really do is laugh at that kind of stuff, in my eyes. <laughs> and that's the thing. I know that's where, for myself and you, we started having those conversations around mental health and sport back in 2017. I remember reaching out to, like I said, being a former teammate of mine and saying, you know, the mental health and sport aspect, you know, have you experienced this or what's your thoughts around it? And I remember you saying to me, you went from being, you know, one of the fastest sprinters in your, in the province, Newfoundland Labrador, to after your injury, you know, not being able to run and how that yeah. had those mental impacts. Oh, that was definitely rough because uh, that was back in 2016 was a, uh, when the real trials had gone down, I was keeping track with that because still interested in track and field at that point. Why not, right? Kind of scenario, keep track of how the guys are doing that I've competed against. And uh, I came to realize after the trials had been done and times have been posted that going back and looking over my times and my training experiences and how I improved year to year, that I potentially could have made the Rio team or at least come like top six, seven. So the potential shot was there, and uh, I took it upon myself to aim for 2020 and want to start training for track again, and in my second week back at it, I fully ruptured my Achilles tendon, and it didn't heal correctly, and I didn't have surgery done, because at the time, there was a whole kerfuffle on the go at Eastern Health, and uh, I'm unable to currently run, so that mentally destroyed me. (laughs) And I can imagine, like I said, just that transition point of your identity as a runner, as a sprinter, to, okay, now I'm not able to, you know, do what I'm known as. Hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, that was harsh, because, like, I can, I have one leg that's perfectly fine, right? 
So if I want to move quick, I have to push off that leg, which is not my dominant leg either, which is a little frustrating. But I can't even show simple basic running drills because I can't even walk on my toes. <laughs> so it's still impact to you, like I said, you know, five, six years later, you're still finding the physical impacts, which of course, you know, impacts the mental as well. A hundred percent. It's definitely, uh, definitely a lot rougher mentally than I would have thought, but that is it. And what was the support like around the team? Was there much of a support or, you know, anyone kind of saying, okay, you know what, how are you checking in mentally? Was there any conversation around that or was that not even uh, discussed? Um, not that I saw when I was competing. Like I said, I know the girls would definitely support each other. And if any of the guys were having issues, they talked to each other and whatnot. I per se really didn't have any mental issues that I would talk to anyone about because it's never affected me in that way. But... Like, I know my personal track coach, is she would she was always willing to have a chat and always willing to comfort and whatnot, but there was never any serious mental training booked for what we needed to do to deal with stresses. And in terms of the transition from, you know, being an athlete to, you know, post-athletic career, was there any conversation around that or what that transition might look like or how that transition may impact mentally or, you know, during your injury and recovery period, was there any conversation or check-ins around your mental health? Oh, God, no. <laughs> God, no. There was, like, I think I went to the track maybe once or twice after I quit just for, like, a memorial meet or to scatter thing like that. But apart from that, no, there was nothing in regards to mental health. And that's oftentimes where athletes are one of the most vulnerable areas because, again, we build up ourselves as, okay, this is my, my identity, this is who I am, this is what I'm known as. But then when that's taken away, is that question, okay, who am, who am I now and what, you know, what am I? Oh, 100%. And I think, I think for the most part, like I said, I tried to keep myself pretty busy. I went from my regular six-day, like, track schedule and I just transitioned up just working out at the gym or trying to keep busy with work as a gymnastics coach. So that turned out pretty good. But, uh, yeah. And that's a great point you made, too, around being able to still stay involved in sport, but in a different way in terms of coaching. So how did you get into, like I said, from being a track athlete to a gymnastics coach at a competitive level? Uh, so that was through uh, college. Back in the day, I was doing a recreation program, and we had to do a bunch of work terms for it. And my first work term happened to be with uh, Campia Gymnastics. And the second day I was there, they uh, asked me if I wanted to take on a part-time coaching job, like learn how to coach and all that kind of jazz. And after about a month of doing that, I was basically hooked. And I just found it so intriguing because, like, I didn't even know it was a real thing back then. <laughs> and like I said, that was over you know, over 10 years ago. And now, like I said, you've, you've worked with many different organizations. To, and like I said, to a level now in terms of competitive in Fort McMurray, Alberta. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's been great, actually, to see what I've seen, to experience what I've experienced, to see the different views compared to my sport, especially at the higher levels of what they get into. It's definitely a lot different. And are you able to kind of bring your own experience of, like I said, seeing the you know gaps in, in mental health in the sport community and kind of integrating those into your own coaching experiences for the athletes you coach currently? I think so. I, I definitely know when to address an issue with a child in terms of mental or physical doesn't make a difference kind of scenario i know when it's better to listen to the children and i've never really had a child not be able to tell me something that was concerning them or not be able to tell me something that was wrong with their day kind of scenario 
I never had that fear factor of, oh, it's a coach. They're going to rip me apart if I tell them I got beat up at school or something foolish like that, right? And like I said, that's a great point in terms of oftentimes there's this, you know, fear mentality depending on the coaching style, which doesn't help, like I said, the mental health of any athlete. Oh, 100%. And what would you say are some of the gaps or some of the areas that needs kind of better improvement in terms of coaching for, uh, you know, current coaches or people looking to get into coaching where they can better support their athletes? All I'd say is like, the gymnastics community right now is doing a pretty good job, at least the communities I've been with, which is fantastic because it is, it is a serious concern. Like, we're working with little girls, essentially, most part, right? And they seem to take on a lot more mentally than guys do, but they're even doing it for the guys now, which is fantastic. But uh, they carry a lot of pressure on their shoulders because you got, like, these kids who are, like, under the age of 16, and they're trying to push themselves to be the best in the country, or the best in their province, or wherever they're from, right? There's, like, all different mentalities for all different levels. But they're so young. You don't know how it's going to really affect them if they lose, and that's their heartbreak goal is not to come second, but to come first, right? And it's true, because, like I said, all that pressure builds up and how it impacts all areas in terms of, like I said, you know, the basic needs of sleep, their eating, their social life, in terms of how all that is impacted, impacts, like I said, long-term effects down the road, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I've only been in Fort Mac for a few, well, over six months there now. But we've had, uh, or I should say, I've dealt with a couple of scenarios where, like, girls have come in and they're like, oh, I was up till, because, you know, they're in high school, right, for some of these kids. They're like, oh, I was up till, like, midnight trying to finish my homework. And we're at a 6 a.m. practice. And they're, like, physically drained or mentally drained. I've just sent them to change. I'm like, go, go take a nap or something. Go chill. You don't need to do this if you're that tired. There's no point. So it sounds like we said really getting down to a level and getting back to the basic needs to make sure those are taken care of and not you know forcing the the performance above the well-being of your athletes. Exactly right. It's it's only sport. It's not their entire life. Like none of the kids that are I, I don't want to shut down the dreams, but realistically, none of the kids that are here they're not going to be Olympians, right? This is not how they're going to make their living. They're going to be doing this until they're bodies are physically incapable they might be able to do it until they hit their 20s and then they'll have to take it back except they won't be able to do it professionally they can continue it on into their life as like a fun thing to do or whatever but they're not going to use a way to make money yeah. and i think that's a great point kind of showing like i said you know you're more than just an athlete oh for sure because very often times people think okay this is you know Getting back to what we talked about earlier, this is who I am, this is what I am, and I have to, you know, put every ounce of effort, energy, and mental and emotional and physical strength that I have into this. Yeah, well, this, that's definitely uh, it's definitely a mentality a lot of a lot of kids have, which is crazy. <laughs> if there's one thing you could change in the sport culture to improve mental health, what would you say that would be? Honestly, I would just like. Not so much to improve it, but just to make it like more aware. It'd be great if like kids know that they can go up to their own coach or go up to any coach and say that something's wrong or say that, oh, this is mentally how my day has been. Not be afraid to tell their own coach or to tell any coach that, oh, I can't do this right now. I'm running on an hour of sleep because I was being like cyber bullied or something. I don't know. Some kind of scenario like that, right? No, that's a great point because, again, and it, and it comes back from a both <coughs> stance of education and awareness 
for not only the athletes but for coaches as well to you know understand okay there's going to be times where people are going through their mental stressors there's going to be times people need a break and i think especially you know we've just gone through the recent olympics and talking about gymnastics simone biles was a great example where she said mentally i'm not okay right now i need to bow out of some of my events because i am not mentally in a good place for this yeah oh yeah that was for sure and that was crazy to hear too because like she's been doing this literally her entire life and she's been at that level basically her entire life so she knows how to handle the stress she knows what comes with the level that she's at and all this kind of stuff and it was i mean i think it was a positive influence on the young children to see that she's literally doing this as her living she's making money but she's still opting out of the essentially the biggest competition for her mental health, for her physical health, so she doesn't get hurt. Yeah, it was great to see, like, again, that awareness piece, because, again, it shows that, yes, no matter what level of, of your sport you're in, you're still human first. You still have emotions. You still go through those mental trials <coughs> and tribulations. So the fact that she was able to say, okay, I'm going to put my own mental health and well-being first is a huge step, which I think oftentimes we don't see in sport. We hear the messages, okay, just keep doing it. Just put your head down. Just do it. Oh, for sure. And sometimes that comes back in the athletes too. Like, like I know for myself, like mentally I was fine for my last Canada Games, but physically I wasn't. I was running on two strained hamstrings. But I wasn't going to let it stop me. I was going to the Canada Games. I didn't give two hoots what happened to me. You know, it's whatever. It's an injury. You'll get over it. And that's how I ended up tearing my second hamstring when I went to uh, my second Canada Games. But, like, in this day and age, too, which is kind of a sin, is uh, I find a lot of youth now are also getting the pressures from social media because they're only seeing the positive and the super good. and They're not seeing the hard work that goes into some of these things. So their mentality is almost being drained because they're always seeing the highlights, but they're never seeing the work or the hardships that come with us, right? I think there's a great point because it's easy to see, you know, a 10 second video on Facebook or Instagram or some social media platform and someone showing their, you know, 10 seconds of uh, glory or the best 10 seconds of their athletic career. But again, mm-hmm. you don't see the other uh, stuff that's behind that 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And it's like, you'll see that 10 seconds, but you don't see the years that possibly go into getting that 10 seconds there, or you don't see that the hour of them trying to film just to get that 10 seconds to throw up on the social media, right? That's a great point. And again, you know, being able to separate from that, and those are pressures that are happening more and more as the generation goes on. Because I'm even thinking back to, you know, our own athletic careers. You know, you didn't have that same social media presence like you see today. No, not at all. It was freaking great. <laughs> yeah. Because again, you know, you were in you know, like, kind of your own bubble, and you could kind of focus on okay, what you need to do. But it was easier also to separate yourself when it was needed. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And like I said, it's there's a lot, like a lot of kids take a lot of pressure off on social media too. When they get they go through their social media and they have like their gym friends or whatever or group friends that they train with. Yeah. So have their regular social life, and then they'll always have cyberbullying because kids are mean. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> it's a great point in terms of like said, you know, that so many different levels of the complexity, but also again, you know, the pressure and you know, if we don't know how to cope with kind of what's going on in our everyday life, 
it's hard for to cope when it, you know it gets kind of additional pressure from like I said if it's a coach who doesn't understand you know mental health or mental well-being or if it's parents that are adding additional pressure or if it's the athlete themselves that has this internal sense of pressure yeah oh for sure and like I said this isn't for everyone to deal with the mental strains and mental complaint or shouldn't say complaints the mental thoughts that come out of children's mouth because sometimes it might just be they're lazy and they know if they say something the right way they can get away with it but other times it might not be right yeah so it's very hard to know sometimes like i said you know there's there's a lot of complexities too with that it's hard to know sometimes but the biggest thing that i'm taking from why you know your own experience in terms of coaching is you know what being able to listen to a child or an athlete and al- allow them the place to speak and share their experience Yes, 100%. And you as the coach, like if it's like in uh, regards for like gymnastics, like we spend up to 20 hours with these kids a week. We might see them sometimes more than their parents do or once they get to a certain level. So mentally, we know what's wrong with them. If they do tell us and they're sincere about it, we know. And then we know when they're not. And that's true. Again, it goes back to, you know, developing a strong rapport with your athletes so that you understand kind of where they're coming from and you know them and they also they feel safe to come to you. Yeah, for sure. In terms of, like I said, looking back kind of over your career, you know, not only as an athlete, but also as a coach, is there any advice you wish you could give your younger self at this point? Yeah. I would honestly, the only thing in terms of an athlete for track, I would have told myself to probably do a little bit more physio, try to take care of myself a little bit physically better. And uh, in regards to coaching, I would probably say the same. Try to mentally take care of yourself better, physically try to take care of yourself better and show that in a way where the kids can see it because then they'll try to copy you. So it's a great idea, like I said, in terms of being that kind of supportive role model in a positive way in terms of taking care of all aspects of, you know, yourself in terms of not only the physical but the mental side as well. Yes, exactly. In terms of, you know, what what in your mind makes a well athlete? Ooh. Honestly, to, in this day and age, to be a good athlete, you just got to have a good work ethic and uh, some parents that don't let you have social media, to be honest. <laughs> It'd be a big impact for sure, like I said, from all sides of it. Again, you know, even going back to, you know, a body image concern in terms of the comparison factor, it can have those mental impacts there as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, there's so much that goes on social media that doesn't doesn't need to be said or doesn't need to be seen by, like, little kids, essentially. It's brutal. It's a great point. Like I said, you know, it seems like the social media impact is having impacts on... Uh, children and youth younger and younger as the years continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And what would you say currently brings you peace? Uh, in regards to the coaching, seeing yes. children get to what they want is in regards to coaching in life, being happy in general and just doing what you enjoy. That's really it. And that's a great you know, point there as well. Like I said, you know, just being happy where you are currently because, again, you know, that's the only thing sometimes you can control is kind of what your current stance is. So I think that's some great advice for, like I said, no matter if someone's, you know, a current athlete, a former athlete, or just an individual in general. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and you know, life is, like, great in terms of, like, there's never just one thing you can do. There's always something more. There's always something you can find. 
that'll hopefully fill the gap of what you lost, but at least do a pretty good job for the most part. And any advice you give to, you know, any athlete who experiences similar uh, incidents yourself where their athletic career was cut short or uh, changed after an injury? Honestly, I don't think really because it's going to affect everyone differently, right? Like, in my regard, I only realized after I, after my third or second year of retirement that, oh, I potentially could have gone there, then I tried to change it. So it wasn't like a dramatic effect, like it wasn't my life at that point. If it had happened to me, like if I had still been training and I got to the trials, and then I snapped my keys at trials, that would have been so mentally destructive. So if you're at like a level in regards to that, there's you need to speak to someone in my mind because that's literally life-changing. But if it's kind of any kind of scenario like mine where you're trying to get back into a sport that you'd left behind or you're just trying to do something to stay physically fit and something's keeping you back, you can always find something easier for your body to do that should give you the same mental clarity. And it sounds like for yourself, the transition like into coaching was a big help for yourself too, to be able to still stay connected to sport, but in a way that your body could still maintain, you know, being well and still not going through the same pains that it would be, you know, still trying to be in the midst of your athletic career. Oh yes, 100%. That and like just going to the gym to stay in shape, and being motivated because, like, as a coach, I'm surrounded by nothing but fit individuals, so I'm not going to let myself look weak compared to them. <laughs> and like I said, you know, the, the connection between the physical and the mental health is, you know, so strong. So the fact, like, that you've kind of realized, okay, this is what I need to do to maintain both areas of my wellness. Yeah, oh, for sure. I think, uh, if, I think if I went complete cold turkey in regards to doing, like, physical activity after I retired from track, I would have damaged myself mentally a lot more than I did already. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, you know, that, that's still being connection to sport. You know, a lot of the studies and research shows that still having some connection to a sport in some way doesn't even need to be, you know, the same sport that you were an athlete in. Your case is a great example. You know, you transition from being a track athlete to a gymnastics coach, but still stay around individuals who knew the importance of, you know, training and, you know, staying healthy and being a, a good routine, which sounds like was a benefit for you. Oh, for sure. And it's like, mine, mine's obviously a little bit extreme because I went from the most basic sport to, like, Athletics is great, but let's be realistic. Running in a straight line is nowhere near as hard as flipping through the air and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it was definitely a great help in regards to that. And like I said, you know, it's a great message for other people who, you know, may be experiencing similar things, and that's our hope, like I said, for uh, Course Our Wellness to provide, you know, information and awareness and education for athletes, coaches, or any person that's involved or connected to sport. Yeah, for sure. And Jesse, I want to thank you again for joining us for the episode of uh, Course Our Wellness. And like I said, uh, wish you all the best, like I said, in your coaching career. And like I said, thank you for what you do in terms of uh, you know, being a voice for mental health in the sport community, especially from a coaching perspective. Yes, no problem. Anytime, sir. Perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm.